When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. Oh, oh, 08 or 09 oh, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, oh my, my god. God, those that was fire. Oh, dude, that that shootout was like the best thing ever, too. Like Kane with the shootout, mm-hmm. like Clark Kent. I just remember seeing Ovi in that jersey, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> you know what was also crazy? The last little segment of games of Flames hockey. By the time we left off recording, it was the start of the homestand with the Colorado game. That was <laughs> underwhelming it's colorado so i was also like mm, like there's a chance they'll come in and take it they were missing mccarr that night though we just weren't good enough defensively in the first 40 and then we were just never able to make up for it you want to talk about like overarching look at things when the flames go up against a team that either has some random goalie nobody's ever heard of playing or one of their stars is out that's when they seem to lose, is it not? The yeah. only the only thing justifying that is, of course, the last Kraken game, which Matty Beneers was out, but the Flames were able to win that one. The travel and coming back to a homestand, that is a real thing, believe it or not. If you listen to players talk, they say that first game back after a road trip is actually a lot more difficult than people think. Um, Fair. And it's just kind of one, like, you're going up against a good team and, and they outplay to you, and it is what it is. I mean, those are the defending cup champs for a reason. Mm-hmm. They, they they are not easy to play against, and they don't take things light. So and After that game, you're just kind of down on yourself, and then you're like, you know what? We have Tampa on Saturday. Let's see how that goes. And what do they do? They come and literally dominate the Lightning. And that mm-hmm. was the Probably the closest thing to a full 60 they've played all season. I was shot them 41 to 24, 163. And yep. it's like Lucic fought in back to back games, that Tampa and then Columbus game. Like, like, hello. This is the Flames team that I was like, okay, okay. And this is the funny part about this season. Like, the title of this video is Where do the Flames stand 50 games in? It's just these glimpses of like, Holy crap, you just beat a team that was in the Stanley Cup final last year, who has been in the Stanley Cup final for the last three years. You just completely outplayed them after losing to Colorado. It's consistency that this team needs to find. 
it is so hot and cold with this flame steam. They can be so good one night and so unbelievably bad the next. And that's not going to win you a cup in the in the NHL. It's just not. You know, Tampa, I don't know how many how many good things we can say about that game. That game was unbelievable. If you were to go through and talk about every single good thing that happened in that game, it would be the length of an episode. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. Then you have Columbus. Then you have Johnny Goudreau's return. We were both at that game. Um, mm-hmm. The first, like, 10, 15 seconds of the video tribute, there were fans booing. Time we're going to ask you to direct your attention to the energy board for a very special video presentation. Okay, listen, I'm hurt, but not during the trip. Like, the tribute, no. like, I don't want to be an Islanders fan over here. Like, No, absolutely. And, no, it was good that towards the end and once it wrapped up, Johnny did get uh, a standing ovation from some people. I won't say everybody was standing and cheering, but yeah, um, that. But also, again, like the Kachuk thing, about five seconds later, he was getting booed again, and he was getting booed all night long and a lot louder than Kachuk was oh I'll, dude a lot louder can we just talk about Gary Bettman wanting to script these games too <laughs> did Johnny, Johnny was Johnny supposed to win his return or not you tell me dude this like it he was supposed to win his return you can't you can't tell me otherwise officiating that night was horseshit like literally some of the word like I lost my voice that night and I think you did too because we were just yelling we were just like what is this mm-hmm. what are you watching right now yeah, but the first sign was him getting a penalty shot. Not even six minutes into the game.
Not like before his video tribute, he got a penalty shot in the game. Oh my god, that was that was crazy. The thing that was most frustrating was seeing all these media guys go on Twitter and be like, "Johnny Goudreau is a really good hockey player." No, really, you don't really. Say. You don't say. Ugh, just I don't know. It's just like, oh, where was that for the eight years that he was here? Huh? Where 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 was that? Jacob Peltzi and Walker Dewar talked about Dewar briefly in our last. Uh, episode but he scores that goal in that Columbus game that literally no one in the dome knew where it went we're like wait did that go in what happened here and I remember you were just telling me you're like I swear to god that's in like there's no I, I did not go in <laughs> I saw a little glimpse of it from where we were sitting we had a good angle of it and I just saw it like in behind Corpus Allo and I'm like I swear to god that's in the net like I stood up I was like that's a goal because, like, where else would that puck have gone? And, yeah, yeah sure enough, he just wired that one into the back of the net. He's been good. Him and Pelche have both been, from an underlying standpoint and eye test standpoint, they've been awesome. I don't know if you saw the Selly on the bench. Uh, so, Dubay scored the winner, and you just see Daryl literally just put his arms up, and he's just like... You don't see a coach celebrate a win in the regular season very often in the NHL. Like especially Daryl Daryl Sutter, I don't think celebrated when Johnny scored the game seven winner against Dallas. True, true. Uh, yeah, actually, somebody should fact check that. I don't know if he did or not. He might have just walked right back to the locker room. I like when you look at the replay footage, him and like Kirk Muller like fist bump, and then like he says something to Johnny like before the handshake line, and then that's it. Like he did not. I didn't see any real like motion there. But when Dubé scores an OT winner. Against the Columbus Blue Jackets, it's woo. Who right? are fifteen thirty one and three? By the way, no, that game honestly just hit me that I was just like, damn, like if this guy, like we're booing him now, but if he didn't, if he didn't decide to leave in the fashion he did, his number would have been retired right next to Iggy, and it just kind of yeah. like, it just kind of like hit me that I'm just like, it really stinks that we lost Gidrow from the city. Just like in general, like it's just like, damn, like 12, 13 years from now, we would have been at Goudreau retirement night and just praying that a goaltender wasn't mm -hmm. it. Mike Smith. Um, and it, it kind of makes you realize like how much I, I, well, I don't know. This is kind of what I took from the Columbus game. It made me realize how much this Flames team is starting from scratch. Like, oh, yeah. If, if you look at it, like the core, like it never really clicked in my head until I saw Johnny Goudreau like on the ice in a Blue Jackets jersey. But and the way you worded that, like he'd be in the rafters next to a Ginla. Like this team is just completely starting over again with a whole new set of superstars. And it's wow. kind of sad that the Flames have lost those guys that like we all grew up watching and and loved to watch and just made you become a Flames fan, right? So yeah. It, yeah. That game was definitely an emotional roller coaster. Um, but I'm, I'm so glad I was there to see it live. Like, dude, thank God we won. Oh my God. <laughs> that OT winner, like, I, that was like the most relieved feeling ever. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, the NHL, Gary wants Goudreau to win this so bad. I can't. Like, I just can't. I need someone to snipe it. Like, please. And <laughs> yeah. Surely enough, Dubé did. And it was a sick goal. Looking at the standings right now, right? We've played two more games in the Avalanche. The Avalanche are going to be in a top three spot in the Central sooner rather than later, so that's a very bad mm -hmm. mistake. But let's say we want to compare them to the Wild, right? 
The Wild are a point ahead, two games in hand. So the wild card battle right now is straight up Edmonton, Calgary, LA. Then you have Minnesota in there. You look at it and you're like, wow, that's the ultimate dogfight. And then you look at the conference standings and it is just that. The Flames right now with a 24-17-9 and record are literally six points out. So we can sit here and be like, oh my God, like this season has been so mid, so up and down. All of that stuff is valid. But you look at it from an external viewpoint of looking at the entire conference. Seems like everyone has been having the rockiest season of all time in our conference. <laughs> Not even just in our yeah. division. Like, this is crazy. There's really only one team in the NHL this year that hasn't figured out, and that's the Boston Bruins. <laughs> it's funny because everyone I'm, thought that they were going to suck, right? Yeah, right? Do you even want to talk about this Blackhawks game? Because I was in the building that night. Oh, God. Me too. <laughs> and I left. That was the yeah. first time I've walked out uh-huh. of a Flames game since the 13-14 season. When did you leave? How much time was left? Like eight. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Yeah. I like I got my buddy texting me like, oh, they're getting booed. And it was like the six minute mark. And I was like, I was like, all right, well, I'm I'm waiting for I'm waiting for my ride. So But I have this theory. Shoot. Notice how Beasley wasn't the in arena announcer for that game. It was somebody else who was the in arena announcer. I'm putting that one on Beasley, I think. I I mean, he didn't he wasn't there to get the boys all riled up and, and ready to go, and they dropped an important game for the Flames. Dude, speaking of riled up and ready to go, so they permanently changed the intro song back to Shot Fire, which is the song that you and I grew up with when we were watching Iggy and Kipper, when we were like little, yeah. little, little people. Um and seeing that them walk out to that intro song, it's actually so nostalgic. It's insane. Like that song still gets me so hyped. Just yeah, I love it. Yeah, I think it's perfect. Oh, it's awesome. I can't wait to hear it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There, I said it. We're making the playoffs, guys. It's gonna happen. Like, I, I'm sorry, it just has to. So, yeah, back to the question of where does this team stand? Let's look at it just overarching. There's things that are really good and then things that are just really mid. Our leading point scorer, Elias Lindholm, 45 points. Our leading goal getter, Nazem Kadri, 19. Rasmus Anderson is a top five defenseman in terms of average time on ice. He averages 24-43 a night. Dan Vladar, solid goals against. And it looks like right now, Dan Vladar is our starter. He is our number one at this very moment. I guess another thing I want to point out, too, is um, let's talk about Manjapani, Backlund, and Coleman a little bit. They lead the NHL in terms of generating offense for and suppressing offense against. And when you look at the isolated impact of all, all lines in the league who have played a minimum of 150 minutes, their first and expected goals. They lead the trio of Brat, Halla, and Hughes in New Jersey, and they lead Marshawn, Bergeron, and DeBrusque, who are third in that category. Uh, they've put up 274 shot attempts for, 138 shot attempts against, goals per 60, 3.12, goals against per 60, 0.94. And their charge yeah. 
absolutely exquisite. All three of them are close to a point per game pace in their last 10 games, too. So it's they're just so fun to watch, aren't they? Like I've said it over and over again, just the the two way game that they bring. Like you can't split those guys up. They they are meant to be together. They love being together. They get shit done when they play together. And that's really been a huge factor to this Calgary Flames team. They're literally just a dynamite. Like you win cups with a line like that. It gives you flashbacks to like that. Gord, uh, Coleman, Barkley, Goodrow line in Tampa, right? Like it's kind of got some comparisons to that. It's got, I think, all of the comparisons. To mm-hmm. that. And it's funny mm-hmm. because Coleman is like the guy, right? Coleman Ooh. knows how to run a third line, man. I'll give him that. Dude, Coleman's charts <laughs> are literally gross. No kidding. Like the Flames are just—they're still in it. It's still the entire conference, let alone the division, is wide open for the taking. As long as you can stay within striking distance of the Oilers and the Kings, you're going to be fine. Julian McKenzie posted this DNA he did with Brad about like his deadline plans and whatnot. He answered it as if he was like, I, I don't know. I don't know where this team's going to be when, when, when deadline's coming up. Like it's <laughs> dependent on where we're at in the standings. And I just sat there and I was like, okay, well, Luke Shen, you are a Calgary Flame. And uh, <laughs> Troy Stetcher, Troy Stetcher, you are a Calgary Flame. But yeah, his full answer, jokes aside, the question was, how much do these next few weeks in terms of the games you have to play and where your team might be placed, whether it's a wildcard team or in the division, play a role in your trade deadline strategy? And he goes, well, it certainly plays a role. If you're a team that's in the playoffs and solidly in the playoffs, you're looking to add. If you're not, you probably aren't. You can't ignore where you're at, right? As I've said before, especially lately, I don't even know what lately is. The last number of years, the trade deadline has become such a rental market. A lot of times people don't have a lot of space and all the rest. This year we've got some space, but you certainly have to take stock of where your team's at. A hot streak is going to put us in a top spot in the Pacific. This cycle is going to keep us in a wild card race. Yeah, I'm expecting depth theme at the deadline. Probably a winger. But I say that tentatively depending on who the winger is because I feel like right now you've got a good thing going with Peltier and Dewar, especially right. Peltier, as of the Seattle game now being alongside Huberto and Kadri. Mm-hmm. That point of, like Brad said, being solidified in a playoff spot and not, if you're not, you're not really looking to add. How much does that Islanders trade today shake things up in the trade market? Because they aren't a team that's solidified. They are actually a team that's out. So two points out of a wild card spot with three games in hand on the Penguins, mm -hmm. and they made it just a deal like that. So if you guys liked our content, feel free to like, comment, subscribe. Help us out. Help us out. Exactly. We're still very much in the thick of it. Still a lot more hockey to be played. Um, Flames right there. Yeah, you said it. Go Flames, go. And the closer we get to the deadline, we'll have more content out for you talking about each move that the Flames are a part of. And yeah, so go subscribe from now. That way when deadline day hits, you can, you know, you have that immediately in your YouTube inbox. So yeah, without further ado, thank you for listening. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody.